Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Welcome to My Millennial Property with John Pigeon and Emily Wallace, as always. Now, John, before we get cracking today's episode, which I am rather excited about because I love hearing stories. I think everybody loves a good story and a good journey. But before we do get into that, I just wanted to flag after you've listened to this episode, so don't stop now, keep listening, but afterwards, episode number triple three, 333, um, if you're Irish, have fun saying that, um, if I can say how would Richie Beno say that? <laughs> three and thirty-three. Three thirty-three. Now, the reason I want to draw your attention to this episode is because a lot of people have been asking us recently around fixed versus variable rates, and we have addressed this question with a mortgage broker in that episode. So, if that's something that sort of pricks your ears and you're interested to hear more about it, once you finish this episode, jump back into three three three. It'll be there for you to listen to. Yes, very good. All right, let's get into it. So I've got one of our strong, avid listeners coming on to the show today, Emily, and Matt Frawley is his name. And for those that follow NRL, he may be a common household name. He's been playing with uh, the Canberra Raiders of late, and they've just been knocked out of the finals, so he's probably in deep depression at the moment. But uh, welcome, Matt. Yeah, thanks, John. Thanks, Emily, for having me. Obviously, um, as you said, I'm a big listener. Um, I'm definitely not a household name, but um, I'll, I'll take it on and get it. So, yeah, no, looking forward to having a chat. Awesome. So, yeah, We'll go back to how it all started out for you in, in the NRL space, I suppose, but, uh, but just tell us just now, just gone, you've, uh, you've been in Queensland in a hub, is that right, and, and you've just got beaten on the weekend, and now you've returned to uh, where you, you generally live, and that's Canberra. Yeah, that's right, mate. Yeah, so we, um, we had to move up there, um, I think it's uh, nearly two months ago um, to to Queensland. We were based on the Gold Coast, obviously, with um, COVID and the effect it, it had on the Sydney clubs, especially. Um, the NRL decided to, to move up there. So, um, yeah, it's been a bit of a bit of a blur the last two months, to be honest, living in a hub. Um, we had to quarantine for a little while there. And, yeah, it was, it was a bit of a different, different experience, but, um, you know, something, you know, that, that everyone had to do to, to keep the, the comp running, obviously. It would have been nice for us to make the finals and, and go a little bit further, but um, yeah, back here in Canberra now and, and back into lockdown. So as you said, it's it's a bit colder, um, it's a bit more depressing, and but I am happy to be home. <laughs> Now, before we get into a bit more of where you are now, Matt, I'm certainly keen to hear a bit more of your backstory of, you know, I guess what conversations around money and property were like for you growing up and the foundations of that. So, um, have you always been in Canberra? What was life like for you growing up? Yeah, yeah. So, I, um, I grew up in Canberra. Um, I've 
been lucky enough to, to grow up in a family where um, we had a business that um, has been around for, for a fairly long time in Canberra, um, a shoe business. Um, FSW, I'll give him a, a shout out that um, that my, my dad and um, runs with his, with his cousin and his brother at the time. So, um, you know, the, I suppose I, I was pretty lucky in that sense to, to grow up with dad being in business and, and learning about um, how, how he sort of run, run the business and grew it. I worked for him when I was young. I think I sort of probably started there. We all started as as kids in the warehouse, unpacking shoes and delivering them to the stores, and then also um, worked in the stores as well um, when I was in, you know, before I started playing footy professionally when I was, I was a little bit younger. So um, I had a really good grounding um, with that, all that sort of stuff, sort of seeing the highs and lows of, of business. And, and yeah, I think it sort of set me up um, to have a good perspective about money and hard work and all those um, values that, that are important. Mm. It's interesting, isn't it, Emily? And we talk about this a bit, like what was your money story growing up? And, and I, I ask you, Matt, is it something where like being involved in a business and a family business at that where you, you're, you're a little cog in the wheel and, and mum and dad are, are running the front end side of the business, you're just turning up and hopefully getting a few dollars in your pocket and then leaving again to, to support the family. But were you told about money was it a common conversation about how business is tracking or was it just you learning as a byproduct of being around them in the warehouse i think it's probably the latter john i think just being around it you sort of um get a you know an understanding dad was really really good that they didn't mum mum and dad sorry um you know learn us taught us plenty of lessons sorry um from a young age but there wasn't too many real direct conversations about you know how the business was going or how the family was going financially um i think as the business grew you know we were afforded you know really awesome opportunities to to go to a nice school and um you know go on a few nice holidays and everything but we we definitely had had, had perspective and, and had um we, we really appreciated those things i suppose as kids that were drummed into us um, from a young age. So, um, yeah, there wasn't really many direct conversations, but I think just being around it was, um, you know, really, you know, we learned some really important lessons from it. And how about, I guess, on the side of property? Because for some people, like for some of our listeners, they've been saving since the day they could because their aspiration is to save and have a deposit for their home. For others, that might be a bit later in life. For some, it's not on their radar at all. Um, but for yourself, how did a property sort of come into the picture for you heading into more of your adult years? Yeah, I think um, being around uh, the business family, I think, you know, the family was more... Um, you know, mum and dad weren't really property investors or, or anything like that. I think most of the, you know, the time and effort and the money was, was in the business. Um, so I probably didn't get, a, uh, I suppose, a passion or more of an insight about about property until I moved to Sydney um, and, and a few of the boys that I was playing with at the Bulldogs at the time and a few of my really good mates now, they all invested in property and they did really well out of property. So that sort of got me thinking about it. And um, obviously as your, your career progresses and you start to make you know, a little bit more money and, um, you, you know, you look look to ways to, to grow some wealth and to put things in place for the future. Um, you know, property sort of that natural progression. So, um, yeah, it was, probably, it was probably some mates at the Bulldogs that first got me into it and then I'm sort of trying to grow my passion from there. And, and Matt, you, you mentioned that you went away to start well, you showed some obvious talent when you were a kid playing NRL. How how old were you when you, uh, I suppose, moved away from 
from the family home and started pursuing that uh, that career? Yeah, so I um, it sort of works in the NRL. You, you play your under twenties with an NRL club, and I played my NRL um, my under twenties, sorry, um, in Canberra. So I didn't have to move for that. I was I was lucky enough to play twenties in Canberra, and then um, after my twenties, my under twenties uh, career, I, I got picked up from the Bulldogs. So um, I signed to go up, uh, to up there when I was I was nineteen. So I left left Canberra at nineteen and moved up to Sydney. Yeah, that was a big thing for me and the family. Obviously, I'd, I'd never lived away from Canberra. Um, all my mates and all my family were in Canberra, so I didn't know anyone um, in Sydney and um, except for an auntie that I, I lived with um, which I, when I first moved up there, which was a massive um, help. But, um, yeah, it was definitely a big move, uh, moving away from, from the family environment and um, something I probably struggled with a little bit naturally. You get a bit homesick, but um, I spent four years in Sydney and um, that was, you know, some some of the best times of my life and um, obviously progressed my career footy-wise and um, learned plenty about myself and, and about the world living away from home. What do you think was sort of the biggest challenge at that time? I know you mentioned you were living with an auntie um, maybe to begin with, but John and I, it's probably at the forefront of my mind because we just have recently been talking about that step into renting and moving out of home and, and um, I guess, you know, really entering almost like the next phase of adulthood of responsibility. What sort of challenges were the hardest for you in that period? Um, yeah, probably not being able to cook or clean for myself is probably one thing. <laughs> I, um, I was lucky enough for that. Probably, I think I was with my auntie for um, two or three months, which was a massive hand. Um, that was sort of a good transition. But then I moved in with um, two of my mates uh, who I played with the Bulldogs, who are you know, two of my best mates now. And we lived together for a couple of years. And um, I suppose it was just a big change. I've, I've, I went from you know playing under 20s, which is still just a part time um, sort of, you know, not. I suppose it is serious, but it's not too serious. Into full time training and, and playing as a, training as a professional, trying to you know live away from home was sort of all just happened at once. And I suppose it can get a little bit overwhelming, but you know it, it definitely helped me grow as a person, as a player. And you know I look back on those days with you know really good memories, and um, I wouldn't have had it any, any other way. So so a few years into living in Sydney, um, you, you in incomes obviously started to increase talk to us about when you thought you're in a position where you could maybe buy a property and and what your knowledge level was like at that time and and maybe who you called upon for help there yeah yeah well um my first couple of years so i had four years at the bulldogs and uh, my first two years i was i was in the nrl squad but i, I wasn't playing um and i was only young and i was playing new south wales cup which is you know the reserve grade equivalent um i was earning okay money but not not great money it probably wasn't until my first full year in the nrl when i debuted um i debuted sort of early on in the year and uh the way um a standard sort of nrl deal is is worked is if you're um a young up-and-coming player you you get match payments for every nrl game you play so i was i think um at the time pretty sure it's the same at the moment it's three thousand I think it's three thousand dollars a game, so it's it's pretty good money. And I ended up playing, um, I think 15, 16 games. So that sort of gave me a massive kickstart into saving a deposit, and sort of put me in a position to look for a place. So yeah, naturally, I I, I sort of wanted to get something back home because um, I knew a bit more about it. And yeah, I sort of you know, mum and dad helped me a bit, and I did my own little research. Looking back on it now, I, I didn't really know what I was doing, um, but 
yeah, it, it's worked out okay, and um, that's how I sort of secured my, my first first place. That's awesome. I, I mean, to have a kickstart, first of all, because that's probably the hardest part for a lot of people, is trying to work towards that deposit and, I guess, you know, good reflections as well in terms of things you might have done differently. But is that property um, purely an investment property for you? Um, it was. Yeah, it was. I'm actually currently living in it at the moment. Oh. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, it's worked out well, really. I didn't really know if I'd come back to Canberra or not to play footy. I sort of long term after footy I'd I'd come back but um, I didn't think you know you sort of don't know where you're going to end up footy wise it's a bit of a bit of a lottery sometimes so um, yeah it's worked out perfectly in terms of when I, I I did move from Sydney I moved overseas for a year and played in England and then for a year and then come back to Canberra and um, I lived with with mum and dad and my partner for a couple of months just to wait until this place sort of stopped getting rented out and I moved in it as soon as we um, the Tennessee was was up and yeah it's worked out well so so talk to us about and and you may or may not re- remember this but talk, talk to us about that time where you said uh, okay now enough's enough for a deposit um, now I'll go and talk to a broker or um, just go straight to a lender and, and this is how much I could borrow and this is what I'm going to buy like how did that all start to piece together for you because I think uh, a lot of listeners are in that similar position where they're building a deposit and and sometimes they don't know when enough's enough or when we start having conversations with people um, that are going to that will need in our corner going forward yeah i think um my first conversation was um with my accountant at the time he still is my accountant um he was really good in terms of um, put me onto a mortgage broker and I uh, engaged with my mortgage broker um, and he sort of gave me a bit more of an indication of, of what I could borrow um, and, and what I could afford to to repay with my, with my mortgage. Um, and then the process of, of finding a place, I sort of um, didn't have a, a great um, deal of thought with it in terms of what I know now, but um, I sort of just tried to look for a nice area um, in Canberra that I thought, um, had had potential to grow, and um, yeah, that's where I landed. Um, it was it was pretty pretty straightforward. Yeah. Okay. And and look, that's a really common one, isn't it, Emily? Is is people say this is what I can afford. This is where I think I should be buying because I know it. Um, let's just pull the trigger and 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 see what happens. Very common, particularly for a first purchase and probably, you know, the next common thing to that is people saying, oh, you know, because my first one, I, I wasn't too sure. I went with what I knew, which is understandable. I, I get it. And I think at the end of the day, there's always reflections and things like that. But hopefully from one experience, you learn for the next and, you know, maybe the next time around you get more assistance or you might put some more backing behind research, particularly for investment, or you might have more of 18 members on board to, to help you out. So it's all, it's all learning um and i'm sure there's plenty of listeners that can relate to that and probably nodding their heads going yep i was the same when i bought my first as well yeah totally so so matt fast forward to today uh we we either think we're rock stars and we bought well and we've made a heap of dough Uh, and i know the canberra market's been pretty favorable in the last few years um so looking back on it how has it performed and would you have changed anything going forward um, yes and no, I think. I think uh, so. I, it was a um, unit. I bought a, an apartment um, that's uh, that I'm in now, and um, it probably, you know, if I had my time again, it, uh, obviously, I think 
getting a house first would have would have probably been a better option um, in the long run. But um, you know, it, the rental market down here is really strong. It, it rents really well. Um, I've had never had any dramas with it, and it's actually a place where I love living at the moment. So it ticks a lot of boxes. I think you know financially, probably maybe a house would have been. Um, you know, maybe a little bit better, but in terms of everything else, I'm really happy with it, and um, I think it's you know it's pretty low low maintenance, and it's going you know, to be something that I can I think hold on for for a while. Sounds like a plan. Now, Matt, I've certainly got some more questions for you after the break. We're just going to take a quick minute, but we'll be right back um, with some more deep diving questions. One sec. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. We also have a panel of trusted mortgage brokers we can connect you with to get you into your first home, an investment property purchase, or to review your current loan if you don't have a broker. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers, and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Now, Matt, with the nature of your profession, obviously there's contracts involved. So, you you might only be with a team for a certain period of time or locked in for a certain period of time. Um, And I guess there's also other industries that that can be the case too, where people are a professional at what they do, um, but they're on a one, two or three year contract. What I'm keen to unpack is the relevance of that towards lending because um, some people may struggle or, you know, banks might look at it differently when you are going contract to contract. Are you able to shed any light on on how that was assessed? Did it impact you at all, like the structure of your profession in going forth for a loan? To be honest, I don't think it really did in terms of um, the way I, I did it. I, I got my loan when I was... I still had two years to run on my contract, um, so yeah, I think that definitely helped me. But I, I do know some of the boys that have been off contract or have only got one year to go that um, have struggled with lending because they don't have anything after the you know the year was finished. So uh, yeah, it's it's definitely you know not even you know, the lending side of it's um, difficult, but even just the, the lifestyle of of um, of not knowing your future can be can be a difficult one, especially when you sort of sign a one year deals. I've I haven't signed anything over a two year deal. That's sort of the longest deal I've I've signed. So yeah, it's 
it's good and bad. I think you know I don't mind moving around too much. It, it's um, you, you get to experience different places and everything. But you know, there's obviously some negatives as well when lending's as part of that. Mm, yeah, and it's a really critical one. Is is thinking about your own situation at the time and and whether it's coming to the end of your contract or just starting a new one or it's um, planning to have a baby where you might be reducing one income or um, you're going to take a pay cut because you're going to a job that's maybe more uh, enjoyable for you, whatever the case may be, you really need to think um, longer term, don't you, and and just see how this is going to play out because uh, especially in the example of of maybe dropping one wage to, to then have children, it might be another three or four years before you get back into a position where you're as financial as you are right now. So it's um it's it's really important to play that out. But yeah, just just moving on from that aside, sounds though you you're doing something you love and you and you're extremely passionate about it. Um, have you have you ever um, got to a, a period in your in your life where you thought, okay, I'm I'm loving I'm loving this, but this instability of uh, the nature of what we're doing has um, has overcome me, and I need to move on, or is it has it all been pretty rosy for you? No, I've definitely um, definitely had those moments. I think it's pretty common, especially for a player in my position where um, you know, I'm probably more on the fringe than than an established auto player on massive money. So you, you always got that up in the back of your mind that, you know, you're always chasing your next deal. You're not, um, you know, nothing's really guaranteed. So, um, you know, I've taken a lot of, I suppose, it's probably taken me a while to, to get to a headspace where I am comfortable with the position I'm in um, and, and knowing that that's just part of the gig. I think early on, um, you know, when you're young, you know, really young and you, you start getting that first exposure of NRL, you, you want to, you know, obviously sign the big deals and, and do all that sort of stuff, which, you know, you still I still want to do. But, um, you know, I think having, um, you know, some perspective about um, – about how, how lucky we are to play and to do what I love is um, just sort of gets me through it and also having a backup plan um, with some study and all that sort of stuff to make sure that, you know, when, whenever I do uh, retire from the game or if there's no contract or whatever whatever it is through, through injury or, or, or whatever, I've, I've got something um, ready to go. So that's definitely um, helped me get through those times of, of um, instability and, and not knowing what's next. I think that's a really good way to look at it. And I know, um, I guess, industry aside, there are quite a few people um, that, that tune in or even in the wider My Millennial Money community who do grapple sometimes with the idea of they're really happy where they are in their job, but it you know it might not be the highest salary that they could attain or they really love the culture and that's what's keeping them somewhere. So I guess more generally, do you have any advice for people who are sort of competing between between, I guess, being in a happy place culture-wise and, and in doing what they love versus looking at, at the um, attainable income? Yeah, I think um, obviously everyone's a little bit different. I know my circumstance, um, you know, I suppose I'm lucky because the nature of the job, the incomes are, are quite good probably compared to someone that's doing a, a passion project or something and earning, you know, not much money at all but but loving what they do. So I've, I suppose I'm lucky in that sense where I've, I've got the best of both worlds to an extent. But, you know, I think um, enjoying what you do in general for, for anyone is, is more important than, you know, the, the financial side of things as long as you can provide for, for yourself and your family. Um, but, 
you know, I think, yeah, I think that's what I sort of am, am going to try to live, live my career by and, and my life um, by. And I think, um, I think that's the general sort of consensus for everyone. Yeah, it's an interesting point, isn't it? And and we've had Kate Campbell and Brianna Throssell on the on the main show that have just come back from Tokyo is um, swimming, and and they they've both got very different stories in terms of um, pay scales in in their sport and and generally speaking professional sports people aren't paid massive amounts of money uh if unless their particular sports got the big um tv deals so it is that passion versus finances and and some people just throw their hands in the air and say look i've had enough of this as much as i love it i've got to i've got to move on because i I want to start a family etc etc but Matt, you're 27 now. I think Wikipedia serves me correctly. Um, what's your What's your plan post NRL? Because uh, we don't see too many 40 year old NRL players rolling around. So, so what's your What's your plan uh, from a vocational point of view, and also um, from an investment point of view? Yeah, that's right. Obviously, um, you can't can't play forever, especially. And you know, it's pretty. Um, you know, being a contact sport, it, it takes the out of you. Um, and I think you know, if you get to 30, 31, 32, you, you know, you've done better than most. So, um, oh, the, the one thing the NRL and especially here at the Raiders do a really good job at they they put a good a lot of emphasis on on uh, some study and and getting some work done before you um, before you transition. So, um, I've done a few courses here and there I've, I've done my certificate three certificate four in personal training um i've done sort of the standard uh, one that a lot of a lot of the boys do but i've also um last year during covid when we had our sort of three months off i signed up to do a diploma in mortgage broking and finance and um, i was able to um nut it out and, and finish it in three months which was which was good obviously i wasn't doing anything at home so yeah, I've got that under my belt now and I've um, done a little bit of work experience with uh, my mortgage broker who, who's helped me before and that's been really good as well. So, uh, yeah, I think that's a space where I definitely want to get into post-footy, whenever that may be. And as I said, it's just, um, you know, it's good to have a plan and something I'm I'm actually you know, really enjoy and a passion of mine and, um, you know, whenever I do get into it, you know, hopefully I've still, still got a few years left in me and um, I can I can transition into it and, and make a career out of, of um, broking. Sounds like a good plan to me and sounds like your skills will be put to good use, you know. I think it's um there's not too many professions where you kind of know that there's going to be an end date at some point. It can't be forever. So great to have a, a plan in place and I think um, – having plans more generally for, you know, listeners, whether it be through property, through finance, through your career, having a plan in place is is a really good thing to have. Matt, it's really been a pleasure to learn more about you and learn more about your journey. I'm sure listeners have taken little bits of wisdom from you today in in sharing your journey. Is there anything you wanted to um, close off with? Anything you wanted to share at all? Um, No, I don't think so. I think, um, you know, I suppose being a property podcast i think as give you guys a plug and my millennial money a plug you know listening to all the podcasts i think you know even um the other ones property couch and um you know things like all those sort of resources that you know have helped me massively um in terms of you know widening my knowledge base and and getting a bit more confident with it because um you know i'm not much of a I read, I don't really like reading books, but I listen to podcasts all day. So, um, you know, I think the more you can learn, the more confident you can get. And, and once you have that knowledge and um, you, know, you can 
you can get a lot more confident into pulling the trigger and um, being able to get on the property ladder and I think that's probably the purpose of this podcast is to help people do that and um, it's definitely helped me and I think it's going to help a lot of other people as well. Very good, Matt. Yeah, thank you for coming on and thank you for sharing your story because I think, as Emily said, a lot of people get some inspiration from uh, from you out there today because it's it's not always a, a, a straightforward road. We're not always paid a consistent income and, and whilst you might have had some bonuses along the way by playing well, which is which is obviously great because you're living your passion, um, you know it's not going to last forever and, and you're putting some plans in place now for, for the future, which is awesome. So um, a- any chance of getting back into the family business or is, is that horse bolted? Um, I don't know. I don't, know. I don't think so, mate. I think it's that's, that horse is bolted. I think, um, yeah, that, that was one of uh, mum and dad's thing. They always wanted us to chase our own passions and all us kids have done that. So, um, you know, it's it's been awesome. Um, you know, third generation family business, but um, yeah, I think I'll I'll stick to kicking the footy around for a little bit longer and see where that can take me. Very good. All right. Well, uh, all the best. All the best for the Raiders for 2022 as well. And uh, as always, thanks everyone for tuning in. If you like what you hear, give us a nice rating. If you don't, that's fine as well. Give us some productive feedback so we can always look to improve what we're doing. But uh, until next time, enjoy your day. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respect to their elders, past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. Taking your property journey to the next level starts with education. That's why we make this podcast, but we've also created online courses to equip you with the knowledge you need to take the next steps. I've created the Solvair Online Academy, open to both first home buyers and seasoned investors, where I share my tips and experience from 20 years in the property space. And I've created the Buying Coach, built from my experience as a buyer's advocate to demystify the confusion around purchasing property, particularly for first home buyers. Follow the links in the show notes to sign up and get get started today. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorized representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 